welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand chum, bearded legend. Welcome back to the daddy-o, the one and only, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. It is good to start. <laughs> Round of applause. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 152. And yes, I'm back in the co-host hot seat. Uh, really, our thanks go out to Adam and Matt, who yeah. stood in for me uh, while I took a short break to... Uh, to be a dad and uh, have to say uh, they were really excellent fantastic gave me a bit of a run for my money but there's only one Paul Levy so very easy to work with very non diva like unlike the Paul Levy sitting oh. here with his outrageous demands <laughs> well I see why you guys are such good friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> if we were to name our episodes after films this would be Orient 11 if you get wrong oh, I like it All right. and we have our very own George Clooney leading the charge <laughs> and we're very pleased to introduce Back on this show, as you've already heard, Kent, Kent welcome back uh, to the yeah, podcast. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming back on. Absolutely, absolutely. So you were last on the podcast following the Dover game at the end of August on, on the Bank Holiday Monday. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've gone on and beaten Chesterfield 1-0. Yep. We've beaten Solihull 3-0. Yep. And then we've drawn one all to Halifax. Obviously, we'll come on to, to Barnet in just a moment. Mm-hmm. But how impressed have you been very, with the results so far? Oh, very. It's hard not very, to be, isn't it? It's hard not to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was at Dover. I was at Chesterfield. So yeah, it was. It's been fantastic. Are you surprised at the unbeaten record yes. so far? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We are. We're surprised. I didn't know. I don't think we knew uh, when the season started how good we would be. We always thought how good we could be, but we were never really sure how good we would be. And you know, credit to Justin and Ross and and Danny and the players and the staff, they are playing uh, like they can play, and they're doing very, very well. There's a lot of nervousness amongst the fan support, I think, when we sort of drew our first three games, but sure. I think that's now abated, and, and now everyone can see a bit of patience has, has really sort of paid off, which think, you obviously I, well, had and knew. Yeah, no, I, I just think now that our, our fans are now going to be nervous about how you know when are we going to lose, mm. and what's oh, it yeah. going to mean, and what's yeah. it going to mean? So, so we've got a new we've got a new form of orient nervousness. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I've I've figured out that that's just the style that we are. Yeah, that's the football fan in <laughs> yeah. general. Yeah. But I think yeah, it's the bounce back ability. It's mm-hmm. when you lose, it's how you then respond. Absolutely. Um, to that afterwards, and and generally, obviously, you know, you're on the board calls that go on. Mm-hmm. What's the general consensus and opinion? Is a lot of high fiving and back slapping going on on these calls? Uh, not not really because. There, we just feel like that there's a lot of areas in the club itself that we can improve both from a commercial side and from a football side. So we've like, for example, we've already got Martin Ling looking in the January transfer window to figure out what our options may be if needed. Um, and you know, we've got Justin working on just what Justin works on, which is getting the most out of the players every day and improving the, the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's things going on all the time with Danny and his staff and everybody. So there's not a lot of, uh, you know, happy days are here again, because I don't know if everybody knows this yet, but we haven't been promoted yet. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> the part. There may be some, uh, there may be some very fun times at the, at the end of that, which will come. But we're not there yet. But fair to say, at this moment in time, exceeding expectations. So I know you've been on the pod before and said you don't really take it game by game. You look at games in blocks of 10. Yeah. So now we're all the way through yeah. the season. Yeah, so. yeah 11, 11 or 12. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, very pleased. Who would not be pleased with an unbeaten run? 
Um, but you know, there's more work to do, but there's only another 35 more games. Yeah. So yeah, we got plenty of time for more of that. Yeah. Roller coasters. Yeah. Here we come. Yeah. So a lot more questions going to be fired at Kent as the podcast <laughs> progresses, but as always, we'll update you with the supporters club. So on Saturday, the 22nd of September, the O's travel to newly promoted Harrogate town in a top of the table clash. It's an early start for this one and coaches leave the supporters club at 8am for a 3pm kickoff. Prices for this one are £32 for adults and £29 for concessions and there's a £3 surcharge to non-members. And please remember this price doesn't include your match day ticket. And a new trip to tell you about, coaches to Eastleigh uh, leave the supporters club on Tuesday the 30th of October at 3.30pm. This one kicks off at 7.45 and this one's £23 for adults and £20 for concessions. And if you're under 15, you can travel half price, but you do need an adult. And there's two ways to book either of these trips. You can book uh, on match days in the supporters club or by calling the travel line on 07722135970. Yeah, and there is going to be a supporters club quiz that's coming up. Um, that's already been uh, confirmed and arranged for Sunday the 9th of December with all the money going to Errol's foundation. That's our very own Errol McKellar has his own Foundation Now there'll be a couple of celebrities coming, plus hopefully Joby and a couple more players. I'd love to see them in a quiz. There's apparently a couple of clever heads in the, in the team, so it'd be good to, to pit our wits against, uh, against them. For every clever boy, there's probably a Miles Judd to... Uh, Oi. Sorry, Miles. Oi. He refuted that in the recent show. I know. He's Sorry, not happy Miles. about that. Um, he seems to be very smart about how to play a, a back position, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing, intellect, nothing, nothing wrong with specialised knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets are not on sale yet, but when they do, we'll, uh, we'll we will let you know, and they'll probably be eight pound ahead and teams of up to eight because that's obviously fitting in with the size of the supporters club. So date for your diary: Sunday, the 9th of December. Supporters club quiz. Um, for, in aid of Errol's foundation yeah absolutely so moving on into the Leighton Orient Trust update so on Tuesday 11th of September the Trust CEO Neil Taylor and liaison officer Howard Gould paid a visit to Eat or Heat in Walthamstow facilitated by Gary Nash Eat or Heat is a local food bank covering a large area from Chinkford to Leighton and helps those in financial difficulty via a referral system with food, drink and other necessities. Eat or Heat will be guests of the club on December the 22nd and will be fundraising and creating awareness for this very important charity with discussions taking place as to the possibility of using the club as a main distribution point in the future. Staff members from the club and the trust attended the Waltham Forest College Welcome Fair on Thursday and Friday and will also be attending the Queen Mary's University London in Mile End during the coming week. Queen Mary's University, I spent many a drunken club night, student night in there in my teens. Great university uh, to go to. And prior to the main event on Saturday, Leighton Orient walking football work and their counterparts from Barnet and played a round robin tournament on the score for a G pitch before all were guests of the club to watch their younger professionals face off at 3pm and all details of this can be found on the late tonight walking football Facebook page so I don't know there was one but go and sign up like it and you'll get updates on the late tonight walking football team yeah on Thursday afternoon Danny O'Brien the Anti-Knife UK award winning campaigner presented a 40 minute workshop to service users and staff from the Coping Through Football Group at the Douglas Eye Centre in Walthamstow. Yeah, and in the Diversity Hub was at capacity on Saturday, with guests being from the Epping Forest District Council Disability Inclusion Project. Children, young and old, were also our flag bearers and guards of honour. And at half-time, the Epping Youth Tigers and Lions enjoyed their penalty shootout as part of utilising the club's 50-50 scheme. They were then guests... <coughs> 
of co-host tonight, Kent Teague, as at the Man of the Match presentation post-game in the 1881 suite. Yeah, and finally, next Sunday, there's a charity match in aid of Mind Mental Health. The venue is Concord Rangers with a kickoff at 2pm. The likes of Dean Cox, David Dino. Mooney, Oli yeah. Palmer, Palmer, Sean Clahessy <laughs> and Fraser Shaw are due to appear with Sammy Moore managing one of the sides. But the main highlights must be the appearances of O's fans Howard Gould and Neil Irvine as part oh. of the match officials team. Entry is £5 for adults and a quid for kids. So you can see the amazing work the Trust do yep. you've been involved in this week. Just, just phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Goes from strength to strength. It yeah, seems that we're reading out more and more and yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for what they're doing mm-hmm. I mean Neil and yeah. Howard must be absolutely exhausted with all this no, travelling around and absolutely. putting stuff on it's not, it doesn't sound like an easy job well you know the, the trust won uh, an award uh, recently mm-hmm. where they had the most player appearances and so Howard does a great job of getting the players involved and doing all that I know he was on the podcast uh, recently to talk about that yeah, and, and they set up events for me. They set up events for the players. They set up events for our staff. They do, you know, Neil and his his group, they do a great job. Mm. And they do it on behalf of Leighton Orient, so it's a it's a great thing. And I could see you be involved on Saturday with the kids from the penalty scheme. Yeah, Again, yeah. If you get the kids in and get them behind, I mean, uh, the value of that, you get a family, don't you, back in Yeah, I, ha- I have to admit, they were much more... Uh, they were much more intrigued with the man of the match than they were with me. <laughs> yeah, I bet they were. But, but yeah, and he handled it very, very well, by the way. I know you're going to say who it is later, but he handled yeah. it very, very well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fantastic. So we do have some listener questions coming up at the end. Sure. But before we'd ask you this one first, I guess this is probably yeah. the most pressing subject or we had the most contact about okay. the Academy. Yes. Uh, There's been quite a few rumours this week. Um, about the academy closing at the end of the season mm-hmm. or a decision on it or a decision on it yeah mm-hmm. any update on the academy as it stands at this point in time no we don't re- I mean we haven't we haven't made the decision um, there are a number of factors that play into this of course you know with the E triple P and the way that it works um, you know should we be cat three should we be cat four what I can say is that we absolutely will have some form of development program whether we call it an academy or not, that's a different conversation. Just because we're getting rid of the academy doesn't mean we're getting rid of a development program. So there will still be young men who come through that development program and play on the first team. It's just a question of what's the best way to make that work. We don't necessarily believe that it is exactly the Brentford model, and we don't necessarily believe that it's not Cat 3, which is what we have today. But we just have to see kind of where things go. So what's the difference in that? Because the concern... Okay, let me rewind. The, mm. the, the, probably the major concern, obviously, aside from funding, is mm. that p- uh, cl- bigger clubs can just come in and say, oh, great, great work you've done with that kid. Thanks, we'll take him and put him in our academy correct. and we just grab him. And there's no real recompense for us. There's no That's compensation for us. Zero. So what's the difference then between going from having the academy Cat 3 that we've got now to... A situation where we've got a development program. How would we not be poached? How would players not be poached from a development squad? Is is or have I misunderstood? No, no, no. They 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 wouldn't necessarily be poached because they would be over sixteen, and so we would be able to sign them to scholar situations Fine. and things like that. And so that's what we mean by there being a development program. I'm not really. Uh, you may have noticed this, but I, I don't have the requisite knowledge 
we're really down deep into an area where I really rely on Martin Ling and Lewis to tell me, and the board relies on them to tell us, okay, these are our options. This is the decision we need to make. What is the best decision for us to make? And, that, and that's where we're at, is them exploring the options and helping us understand what our options are and what, what maybe the best one should be. Decent answer, thank you, Ken. Yeah. Um, and to go on to another question, uh, this week, or sure. this month, Dagenham and Redbridge, Congratulations yeah. to them. No, yeah. I, I'm actually genuinely pleased that they have because so I, are, I so hate to see a nice local club no, absolutely. go down. So are we. So are we. Yeah. Nigel has been in contact with them. Uh, he's had conversations oh, with really? them. Yeah. Oh, in, yeah. What, in what sense? Well, he just called to, to congratulate them on oh. becoming owners and uh, because uh, one of their owners lives in New York and is sort of somehow known. They kind of know each other. Uh, Nigel and them kind of, of know each other. Does. Of course they of course do. He does. And, uh, and so, so Nigel, you know, Nigel's had some conversations with them, and um, and we know the investment bank that uh, that helped them do the deal. So we all, I mean, I don't know them, and I haven't been in contact with them. Nigel has, and you know, um, it's one of those things where it's just a conversation between people who are now going to uh, you know compete with each other, yeah. but be friendly about it and say. Are there things that we can do to help you? Are there things that uh, you know you can do to help mm-hmm. us? Last season, we had some situations uh, where you know Dagnum was really good to us, and you know we hope to be able to return the favor. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And good to hear. It, I thought it was a bit weird that two people that have, or three people, if you include Tim Howard, who's played at the elite, elite level yeah, um, uh-huh. in this country, yeah, would go uh-huh. to a club like that when there are probably other clubs available that have a much bigger. Fan base. I just thought it was a bit weird. I get the connection with you in yeah, that yeah. you wanted to do that and Nigel and uh, yeah, that yeah. connection. Yeah, right. That's the kind of route in. But for um, them, it's just literally like Tim Howard must have thought, hold on, these guys are like who? Right. What? Well, yeah. well I don't know. I don't. The thing is, we have not. I, Nigel and I uh, spoke. Uh, I've only talked to Nigel like four times this weekend. So, and we talked about a lot of different things. But um, I. I don't remember Nigel telling me what their criteria was for purchasing Dagnum. So that's the thing that we would have to ask is why, you know, why did you guys decide you wanted to be involved in this particular area or this particular spot? Different people choose a club for a different reason. Um, and so it'll be interesting to hear what they have to say about why, when they get asked the question, which I often get asked is, why orient? Mm-hmm. And hopefully for them, they'll have an answer that makes sense as opposed to the one that I have, which makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so we've mentioned Nigel. Uh, I'm going to go plug Nigel. No, go. Now. So yeah, the book is out in two days' time. It's called The Challenge Culture. As Nigel writes about his career at large and successful organizations and talks about how the best way for organizations to succeed in today's environment is to embrace challenge and encourage pushback. He covers the worlds of video, quick service restaurants, and the purchase of the O's, peppered with many humorous events that have occurred throughout his career. So it's out in two days' time. You can pre order the book now at Amazon.co.uk or via your local booksellers. And that comes out on Tuesday. And that's The Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis. Have you read any pre order copies? Yet? I have read it. Yes, all the way through. Great. I was I was fortunate enough to get a a, a, a draft, uh, and it's fantastic. It is. It's really. It's very humorous. Uh, Nigel's humor obviously comes out. Uh, Nigel's got speeches that he's making now, and no, he's he's very excited about the book. We all are. Yeah. It's really. It's really. It's really a good model for how 
to think through business challenges and, and things that are going on in the world today, no doubt. So my next question, then, Mr. Teague, mm. when can we expect the book? There won't be one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there will be. You're, you're uh, secretly writing your memoirs, I don't, we know. I don't know. Exclusive, you heard it here there. first, folks. Oh. You heard it here first, there won't be a book. Please no. So moving on <laughs> yeah. to the week that was then. So Monday the 10th of September. Happy New Year to yeah. all of our Jewish listeners. Yes. 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 And it was yes. a quiet day at the O's. As episode 151 was taking hold around East London. And this was followed up with a Nigel Travis message that he recorded at Heathrow before his flight back to Boston. So a big thank you to Nigel for the message. And a big thank you to our co-host that evening, Mr. Matthew Turk, who I thought was exceptional for his first podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was well excited for it as well. He was really yeah, looking forward to it because I bumped into him in, in Devon and, and he was yeah. his his uh, fiance said, Oh, he can't wait to oh, he's really excited, but Matt was cool playing it down. And then she's like, No, he's can't he can't wait, he's doing his research, he's reading everything and, and stuff. So <laughs> it's great. Really, really busted. busted. Absolutely. That's great. Um so the only news of note really uh, was that the club announced on um, an evening with Kent uh, would be taking place on Thursday the thirteenth of September. That's already happened from seven o'clock mm-hmm. uh, at local local venue, even Yardham uh, on Francis Road, which we're going to come on to when we get to to Thursday. But I guess just a quick one: what, how, how did that come about, and what made you sort of do that evening at that place, or, or sort of you just? Well, the owner of Yardham is a, a late Orient football club fan uh, and supporter, and he had at, we had gone uh, over to uh, Francis Road a couple of times already. My mom and dad had dinner over there. I'd had dinner over there with, with Martin and, and Neil Taylor. And so um, it was just natural. They just said, would you be willing to come over one night, hang out for a couple of hours, we'll have some people come by and meet you. And it was, as we'll get there, but that's how it, that's okay. how, that's how, it's just, it's just people ask me. Most of the time, how things happen is people ask me and we say yes. And most of the time it's not unreasonable. I mean, it's not unreasonable for someone who lives in Dallas, who happens to be in Layton and doesn't have anything to do at night to go <laughs> hang out somewhere. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's actually, it's actually a lot of fun for yeah. me. Yeah. So it helps keep your sanity as well, doesn't it? Uh, Otherwise you sat in the room. Yeah, I don't on know your about own. the sanity problem, but <laughs> what it does is it gives me the chance to interact with people who maybe either are very de- devoted to Leighton Orient or be- are going to become that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So cool. we'll come on to that evening uh, when we come on to Thursday, but moving on into to Huey Tuesday, the 11th of September, and the club announced that the upcoming home game against Barnet on Saturday the 15th of September would be the club's first ever retro day, and we're encouraging fans to wear their old kits to games. So Ken, I've already asked you this, but how did retro day come don't about? Know. I don't know. I don't know who came up with the idea. I, we're going to have to ask Danny or Elliot who came up with it. I really don't know, but... We love it because history matters, and especially at Leighton Orient Football Club, it really matters. So the retro day was fantastic. I, I had idea. so much fun. I had so much fun going around and saying, I want one of those, I want one of those, I want one of those. Uh, but it was, it, was, it was actually great. It was fan- it's a super idea. Can't do it very often, kind of like the donut thing, but mm. when we do it, we really do it well. That's did it for twice sure. a season, that would be a, a real touch, yeah, I yeah, think, if it's yeah. done a couple of times it's, towards the beginning, towards the end, I think. Right, those kind of conversations. But it was interesting to see people wearing the pink kit, which to me is not retro, but that's okay. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, everyone, no everyone goes back that far. I threw a load of tops out. 
Yeah. But I, I use Acclaim. I you had the yellow and blue one. Yeah. I remember you I've had the I've got the, the party poker one. one, but I had the Acclaim one as well. And I chucked it out years ago right. because I don't wear them. It's right. not something you yeah. wear right. Right. every day. Right. Um, but good stuff. Yeah, great, absolutely. Great, what was the favourite kit that you saw? Do you remember? Well, some of, them, some of them I, I've seen, some of them I've not seen, because we've been through the list since, you know, for the all, all the, there's a, there's a website, there's a website, and yeah. so we've been through that whole list um, for various reasons that at some point will become evident this season, um, but, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, what does that mean? <laughs> it means we have, it, again? it means that maybe we have a fourth shirt, but anyway, so... Oh. <laughs> And, and so, and it probably is going to show up off that list of those uh, off that website. So that's, you know, probably there were just some that I had never seen before. And it there were some, it didn't even look like it was even a kit. Um, so it just, it was, so it was great. It's fantastic. There's Lots a lot of micro, The Croatia kit I really liked. I, I saw you quite a few of those. Squares, yeah, the squares. Yeah, the squares. Yeah, the checks. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Yes. yes. That's, 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 that's that. Yeah. So obviously this is a an audio podcast but I'm sitting here in my 92, 93 <laughs> independent <laughs> transport <laughs> shirt that Fucked my mum made sure I bought a large one a large copy of and it's obviously come to fruition this evening after 25 years filling it out a bit <laughs> and Paul a is bit. in the Samsung I'm in the 13, 14 we, we'll put yeah. a photo up so yeah Zoe said to me like what Samsung sponsored Latin Orient yeah FIFA yeah FIFA's FIFA FIFA yeah. yeah. I've actually and got one of those I was given one of those. Oh, yeah. I love from the, I like from this. the day from the day like the, the playoff like day. Amazing one, yeah. So Amazing. Dale Gorman, um, Dale Gorman's Northern yes. Ireland under twenty one side played played Spain's under twenty ones in a Euro qualifier against all odds. Won the game two one with Dale coming on uh, as a substitute. So well done to Dale and his under twenty one teammates. Fantastic yes. result. Yeah. Well today, so moving on to Wednesday, the twelfth of September. Not much to report, but the ladies team were in league action against Billericay Town, and despite going a goal ahead, <coughs> lost the match three one with the old goal coming from Lisa Fulgent, who seems to be coming up on the podcast Breaking most up, weeks yeah. now, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. good. No, I didn't. I didn't get the chance to make it Wednesday night. I had I had some other things I need to take care of. So no problem. I'm lucky to the ladies there. Yeah. Yep. Thursday, the thirteenth of September. Then the club announced that British Catering had become the club's new catering partner. Correct. We asked you about catering, or we actually, I think I moaned to you about the state of the burger that I paid yeah, the through the burger. nose for mm. last time, and you said at that time, and I you, distinctly remember we were in Steve's really? place, and you said, "We don't know." so much what we're going to do to fix it we know there's problems and we're trying to think of ways to fix it mm. we don't know necessarily what the right thing to do so mm. when the club announced that the other lot had gone mm. I said well if you can't change if you can't change the people change the people correct um, so Danny Macklin said about that with a change of catering partner being made during the early stages of the season we're confident fans will soon be able to see taste and enjoy the improvements as always we very much welcome feedback from fans both home and away or you can email him d.macklin at leightonorient.net or stop him uh, when he's walking around the cl- uh, ground. Uh, the club also tweeted, we will continue to explore viable options for ventless cooking to enable fresh food such as burgers to be made in each stand. We want to improve the matchday experience for all food and drink uh, and it's a key part of that and we thank all Orient fans for their patience. Now I messaged you about putting <laughs> some trucks by the Correct. south stand but you know what I mean when that no, road no, where the yeah, parking no, 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 right where is. Is that still reserved for residents on a match day yes. or am I wrong? No it is. It is reserved for residents. It residence. is reserved for residents. Okay. And there's just a lot of challenges around having 
uh, licenses in certain spots and safety and all there are all kinds of issues uh, which I do not have the depth on, but Danny does have the depth yeah. on, and we just have to ask him about all the different spots. I've asked for things like uh, barbecue grills out front, and you know, well, you know, all kinds of stuff. And the answer consistently is, we have to we have to have we have to have an appropriate amount of space to get people out of the stadium if we need to get them out. Once you put them in, you got to be able to get them out. You can't have a bunch of stuff stopping them from getting out. Fair That's enough. a really bad idea. Yeah. And then we can't have stuff kind of sitting around on the road because we don't want them crossing the road too much because that becomes a safety issue. And then there are also like uh, you know food quality issues, just ensuring that there's food quality. So there's a lot of things that need to be thought about in order to improve. You know, the, not only the options, but the current food that we deliver. So we, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very complex, challenging uh, problem with a lot of different constraints. It's not just a question of a burger van turning up outside the ground and saying, yeah, everyone go there and buy your burgers, because they've got to be well, quality, licensed, right, health and right, safety. Right, right, and they've got to have somewhere to park. Yeah, exactly. And, and, there's, and they're just not... There's just not room because we have to get fire trucks down the streets and all yeah. kinds of stuff. So it's, yeah. it's a it's a yeah. challenge. It's a challenge. Believe me, it's been if you about if you, you, you know, I know you I know you would never want to do this, but if you want to sit on a call and have Danny explain all these issues to you for like 20 minutes at a time and have Nigel and Matt Porter and and Marshall and I all ask questions and go back and forth, um, you know no, that's right. that but that's <laughs> you're right. We don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, because. <laughs> But that's what we do at a board level yeah, yeah, sure. is we, we listen to what the fans are saying. I can't. I, I don't even know how many emails I sent to Danny today based on Twitter feedback that I got over the weekend. Uh, there's probably six or eight emails that I sent him on different issues of where's this, what's that, you know, mentioned it to me. So we, we are very thorough and we spend a lot of time talking about how do we make the club better. And that's that's really what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, great. And the real issue is is around, as you say, the ventilation because we've got flat structures on either right. either cor all the corners, mm -hmm. and in the south stand we've got the block of flats that correct right. And because so, there's no to have that, they couldn't have the ventilation. You couldn't have both basically. Is correct. What you said before correct. And 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 so there, I I, mm -hmm. I understand. I, I wasn't there, but I understand that there's history of fat fryers and things like that. We don't have the ability to have a fat fryer because you don't have the ventilation capability. One of the first things that Matt Porter told me about was ventilation is going to be an issue in, in food and beverage. It's going to come up. Yeah. He didn't he didn't tell me when, but it came up sooner than later, that's for yeah. sure. Of course, something that sounds quite simple is actually very detailed. It can be. Challenging. It can be. Quite, quite yeah. It can be. It can be, yeah. I'm sure we'll get Danny Macklin on uh, sooner rather than later. Danny, Lots of questions. Danny's come, <laughs> Macklin. Danny's, <laughs> Danny's comeback appearance is long overdue. So Mr. Macklin, get stand by your phone because that call is coming in from the podcast hours. <laughs> He does a great job on catering and, and figuring it all out yeah, and, and yeah. working on it. Yeah, they, yeah. They, he spends he is tireless on working on stuff on behalf yeah. of the fans. Yeah. Tireless. Fair yeah. placement. Really mm -hmm. good. Also on Thursday, the National League published the attendance table so far this season. Wrexham are first on average with a crowd of five thousand one hundred and seventy four, followed by Chesterfield who is second with four thousand seven hundred and sixteen. And we're currently third this season, averaging four thousand three hundred and thirty four with Hartlepool in fourth, but almost a thousand Attending attendees off, so attendance this season been fantastic. Yeah, no, it's absolutely the support is fantastic. And what happens for us is that our <coughs> um, our 
our attendance numbers will climb throughout the year. In the month of August, uh, there's holidays and things, kids are not back in school, things like that, and that seems to affect us from a seasonality perspective. Mm -hmm. So September will be really good, October will be really good, November will be really good, and then hopefully the weather will be good for us in December, January, and February. It's been a while since we had the season ticket update. Any yeah. news just, on that? We, just, we kind of keep just hanging out right at the 4,000 number. It's not something that we're really pushing hard mm. necessarily. It's not like it's it's something that we have to achieve or else, but you know, it's something that we want to get done. But it's not super critical. There are other things like, you know, season tickets will sort of be important and then food and beverage comes up and now we really focus on that. that. Yeah, yeah, but we, but the burning desire for, for us fans is to really know what you and the board are going to be doing if we were to hit 4,000. We want to see that play out. So, oh, I don't I don't. Because you've don't, all made promises that if we hit, so if it's I running around late and in your pants or something yeah, like that, we, we want to yeah, see I don't, that. I don't, I don't remember how public those things that we're going to do are going to be, but... Uh, and I don't really remember promising anything. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's an email somewhere. I'm sure, I'm sure Nigel's got three or four things he's got on my list. I'm sure I heard it was a live, a live karaoke session through the podcast. It's, a, it's, it's, sure it's, it's, it's okay because it's, it's, it, you just have to understand Matt Porter and I have a lot of fun and Marshall and I have a lot of fun. We all have a lot of fun with each other and, and we're constantly threatening each other and then deciding we probably shouldn't Should do that. that. <laughs> it's it's, it's called Monday. shared mutual destruction. <laughs> <laughs> So then on <laughs> Thursday in the evening, um, an evening with uh, Kent took yeah. place at Yardham uh, in Leighton. Mm -hmm. So uh, we obviously mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Um, how many people? I would say probably 30 to 40 uh, okay. people are kind of coming and going. Um, the best part of the night was getting the chance to spend some time uh, you know, with some fans that I normally maybe don't interact with. Um, and then the other thing was they had probably, there were probably six, five or six couples, young couples, young, not the, the children were not there, but the, the couple was there and they said, I live within three blocks, four blocks, five blocks of either Yardham or the ground. I haven't been to a late Orient football club match. I really should go. I gave them my card. I said, we will take care of it. Please come. And what are you buying each other for Christmas? I've got a pink shirt, got a red shirt, got a yellow <laughs> shirt, I got towels, I got all kinds of stuff. You know, and but the thing is is that what we want to do specifically in the community is we want people to know that they're wanted. We want them to come to a match. We want them to become a part of the Orient family. Now for me, it's really easy for me to ask people to become part of the family because when Nigel asked me to become part of the family, and I love it so much now, it's really easy for me to say to them, you're going to love it. I promise you are. So that's, yeah. that's, that's what those events are all about. Brilliant. Brilliant. What Brilliant. sort of questions did you get asked? I get I, every possible question you can think of. <laughs> the most weirdest one? The one that really made you scratch your head. Um, the best one, the worst one. No, I. That, well, not, they're all good. They're just all. In, it's in just all. Yeah, there, there. Just so many different varied conversations. I mean, probably the hardest question that I get is, you know, what do you think of Trump? That's probably the, oh, okay. you know, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, like that's the, you know, questions like that maybe or, 
um, got, you know, just questions around economic policy of the United States and oh, wow. all that kind of, I mean, oh, yeah, wow. I get all, I get all kinds of stuff. There's a question uh, that a listener sent in, and I don't know going to ask it on the pod, that's about a politician in Texas, and I have no idea what uh-huh. the politician is, but we'll, we'll okay. get that answered and we'll... Because I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Twitter. Okay. Uh, anyway, moving on then. So Mooney, Friday, 14th September. Mooney has left. Mooney Friday is an indefinite day in the podcast calendar. Another quiet day at the club as we were all preparing for the upcoming Barnet game and getting out our old kits, doing a bit of running to get the uh, old body fat off <laughs> to be able to get into them for retro yeah, day. Kent, any activity for you on Friday? Uh, went uh, to a school on Friday, a local school in uh, year five. Mm-hmm. Uh, By Grove, I think is the name of it. It's in Tower okay. Hamlets, uh, set up by the trust, uh, and took questions. Again, here's where I get some of the strangest questions like, what kind of dog do you have? How big is your pool? You know, all that kind <laughs> really? of stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh it's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Spend an hour with them just talking to them about, um, you know, kind of how maybe how things are in the United States, how things are different and that kind of thing. We also talk about the pen pal program, writing letters back and forth and, and coming to a match and it'll be really great when I get to meet the parents and meet the brothers and sisters and, you know, who's your favorite player and, you know, how many players, who would you bring in if you could anybody? And of course, Ronaldo nine and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but it's just, it's a, it's phenomenal. You know, children are so inquisitive and they're so bright worldwide, um, and they are such a joy to get the chance to talk to. So it's it's just it's one of the things I really love doing, and the trust does a great job of setting it up. So normally, from now on, now that you guys are back in school, I'll probably be at one at least one primary school every visit the next uh, six visits. Yeah. Fantastic to hear. Amazing. Fantastic to hear. So moving on in to Saturday the 15th of September. Can I, can I say something about what I did on Thursday though? Of course you did. Go on, yeah. Okay. So on Thursday, I went and I saw Dave Victor in his natural environment where he is the headmaster okay. of a school. It's a special needs school, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. And Dave Victor is beyond what you think he is. He is unbelievable. It was unbelievable for Martin Ling and I. Both Martin Ling and I walked away being so impressed with Dave Victor. It's um, how, how so? I mean, he's a way, guy. I mean, way, that, that doesn't the, surprise the me. Way, the way he handles, the way he talks with his staff, the way he talks with the children, the way he handles things, how engaging he gets them to be, um, just how much knowledge he has of the process. He's been doing this since he was 16 years old. Um, He remembers back how it used to be maybe in a hospital setting or things like that and how far it's progressed and how it's changed and how big the budget has moved from what it was to what it is now. His depth of knowledge of this particular area or industry is phenomenal and just it's not it's not always about what he does it's about who he is and who he is is just it's just fabulous it's just fabulous yeah good stuff so great so great so you were on a visit to the school mm-hmm. in what capacity just as just a trust just, just, just no just i i asked dave if it would be okay if Martin and I came. And the trust didn't set that one up. I, okay. I went directly to Dave. I just wanted to go and see Dave in his natural environment. Yeah. 
and it was great. It was it worth it. it. It was worth it. We were there two hours, and I, I was willing to stay longer, but they needed to get on with the idea that there's school going on. So <laughs> yeah. it was great. It was okay. great, yeah. Well Very done. Nice. Well yeah, done. No, so anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, Sorry, cool. that's it. No, yeah. no, it's really great to hear. Glad yeah. you mentioned it. I, yeah. I had no idea, I had no David, idea. there was a headmaster. Stevenage, I think. Wow. Yeah, it's in Stevenage, yeah. yeah. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, Saturday then. <laughs> happy 41st birthday to friend of the podcast, John McIntyre. Happy birthday, Macca. Hope you had a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And the youth team, the under 18s, were in action against Wimbledon. They drew 2 all. Yep, and then time then for the main events of Barnet at home. And as always now, we ran a Twitter poll before the game to find out how you thought the O's would get on. And after 274 votes in 24 hours, 73% of you thought Orion would win, 19% thought it would be a draw, and 8% thought it would be a loss. So thank you for all of your votes. There's been a seismic shift for obvious reasons, because I remember seeing them at 45, 46 and 9. So 45 to win, 46 to draw and 9 to lose. So it's been quite a seismic change there. So that's that's quite interesting. So anyway, uh, enough of me rabbling on then. Uh, team lined up with Dean Brewing goal. Jard, Coulson, Ekpeteta and Wilson made up the defence with McEnough, Clay, Lee, Dayton across the middle and Bon and Karoma were up top. Sergeant, Happy, Gorman, Harold and Alabi, uh, Alabi, Alabi, do you know who says it? No? Okay. Um, we're on the substitutes bench. Yep, so that was the same starting lineup again, but Dal Gorman returned to the bench following his return from international duty with Sam Ling, James Brophy and George Ellicobi still missing due to their injuries and for me, as expected, really, that kind of team at the moment is... You wouldn't change it, would you? It's running itself, really, isn't it? Yeah. I think we'll probably all agree on that one. So the match kicked off on a sunny retro Saturday afternoon with the O's looking to remain unbeaten, but Barnet also looking for their sixth win on the bounce amongst a flurry of retro Orient shirts in attendance. I must confess, I love the Comet Roofing one from like 87. Yeah, that's nice. the one I look at and I go... That was my first... One. The first game I went to was 11. I was 11 and it was... The Comet Roofing was on the was on the, it was the plain red, wasn't it? With just Comet Roofing in white, right yeah. across the middle. A okay. lovely top, a lovely top. So the match so, kicked off. Yeah. Uh, you weren't there. I wasn't. I was obviously. Mr. Oh, T was. I was there. I saw wearing you out the concrete, maybe wearing <laughs> out the concrete. I saw you standing the whole way through as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the third minute, first shot of the match from the O's is Joby McEnough picked up a loose ball, cut in on the right, and shot straight into the hands of Cousins, who made an easy an easy save on that one. Atmosphere. Booming. Anything? Booming. Yeah. Booming. I mean, the South Stand was missing the drummer. Oh, it was. So the okay. drummer wasn't there yesterday, but it didn't seem to affect the atmosphere. And, like, the noise levels were still high. Very loud. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Nice. So really good. So the opening 10 minutes uh, passed with the O's looking good, but in the 11th minute, we get a free kick as Alexander pushed McEnough in the back in midfield. The ball was delivered in by Joby to the back post where Charlie Lee headed the ball back across the goal. And the giant forehead... I didn't write this. Josh, I didn't write this. That's all right, didn't I? I didn't write this, Josh. Dave, it's probably your fault. Uh, the giant forehead of Josh Corson is there as he smacks the ball into the back of the net on the stretch to give Orient a very deserved 1-0 yeah. lead. Now, but he didn't do it with his forehead, though. No, but the forehead made he made him in there. So the forehead still played a part, even though his leg kicked the ball. All right. <laughs> Colson, but, so at, at this point, we, we're playing a team that have just won five on the bounce. So they must be coming to us full of confidence did that did that not show in the first yeah, ten yeah it pretty good but we looked just as confident we looked good in the build up you could tell the team knew what they were doing and when we were going forward we looked like we were going to score on that free kick it looked to me that was struck the training ground like the ball from Joby was perfect Charlie Lee's there by himself at the back Corson's there perfectly struck the training ground 
and again awarded for our strong starts. So I think kind of earlier in the season we were starting slowly that like we had last season. But again, this season we're starting very strongly and good to get a goal in the 11th minute. And it's a mentality change. We were saying yeah, this um, before we started recording that we seem to have ironed that crease out where we'd start slowly and then grow into We'd have to go in at half-time just in to really have the, a real loud shout and a go at the guy. So then mm. for them to kind of go, oh, I'm going I'm to do this, I'm going to score. And then for them to come out and actually um, have a go and actually turn up. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good to see now we're starting off yeah. from the first whistle mm-hmm. that we're actually starting off. Did you want to add anything to that? Cool, okay. Keep going. We'll, we'll keep going then. 19th <laughs> yeah. minute then. A great chance for 2-0. JB McEnough delivered mm. a superb cross into the area. Mm-hmm. Should have been a goal. Mm. He put it He put it straight on Bond's head, who was... I'm not seeing the replay back, so I'm speaking, obviously. This was down the north stand. But great Cousins cross. got down quite well, did he? Or got across quite it was well. A, it was a good save, but well. I think if you ask McCauley whether he should have scored, McCauley's probably say, yeah, I probably should have scored. But a good save, but a superb ball from Joby. Super. I don't know how many assists Joby's got actually, but he's got one in this game. Probably got paging Matt Bristow. Paging Matt Bristow. Yeah, so really, really good. I mean, if Bond scores there, I think we end up winning this game 3 4 5. Because the 2 0 down, I think there's no comeback from that in the first 20 minutes. And the ground was rocking at 1 0. Hmm. And I think the, had it been 2, I think it would have been a wall of noise and Barnett would have just retreated. Weather helped. Nice Weather helped, yeah. But as it was, Cousins saved a good, it was a really good game. People around us were saying this is a really good game of football, getting another mm. great advert from the National League. Barnett were coming at us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the 23rd minute, Barnett equalised as a ball uh, was played into the box. It was headed uh, back out by one of players into the path of Wes Fonguck, who struck struck a superb half volley into the corner. Yeah, I mean, it was. I don't know if you've seen it, he struck yeah. it very sweetly. Got it. Pure. No chance for Brill. No, at none. all. None. At all. No one to block it. Mm-hmm. If you're being critical, you could say they, the midfield could have got out a bit faster, but the guy's hit it and the guy ain't hitting that ball again. Out of nine times, times out of ten. Yeah, he's going to do it once, isn't he? So okay. great equaliser. I mean, that seems to kind of flatten out the crowd a little bit, as you'd probably expect. And Barnett came and kind of pushed onto us a bit more after that. In the next 20 minutes. Typical John Steele side by the sound of it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they had some good players. Hawk there, 23, was really good. I think on the left, it was a really good player. Um, and the next 20 minutes it was a really good game not much really to talk about in terms of goal chances but okay. a good midfield battle going on and both teams looked good going forward uh, when they were attacking but I can't fault any of the 11 for the O's everyone putting challenges in running wanting the ball passing good movement but we just were level due to a fantastic goal from Barnett cool so we played out the rest of that half yeah. and then two minutes of injury time were played Barnett got a free kick in a decent position it was hit well over the bar from Alexander so we went in at half time one all. Yeah. Good half of football then. Yeah, really good half of football. Must be great for a neutral. Not that there would have been many neutrals there, but I thought it was a really kind of good game. Both sides going for it. And at that point, you're thinking it could go either way here. But obviously, Justin gets good time. Good half-time team talks. Half-time team talks. The crowd was still very much on Orient's you know, support. Sometimes mm-hmm. we've seen the crowd turn, but the crowd didn't turn no. whatsoever. No, support. No, no, no yesterday was fantastic throughout mm-hmm. yeah. I thought the retro shirt thing made people I don't know like maybe even sing like there's something in that retro shirt I think definitely yeah. in terms of the atmosphere and the feeling around the ground cool the attendance was 5,607 with 610 Barnet fans uh, which means that they were just as I think my maths is about three short of 5,000 yeah. Orient fans correct which is incredible absolutely <laughs> incredible we didn't yeah. get that when we were pushing for promotion into the championship we were saying so to get that in non-league okay 
yesterday that was I don't have any words I'm looking at you for words here this is this is your this is your this is this is this is this is credit to Nigel this is credit to Danny Macklin this is credit to the commercial staff this is credit to marketing the players Justin Martin Ling everybody you know making it to where it's a valuable experience to come out and watch Orient play so you know it's it's all of that it's all of that lots of different there's probably 5,000 different reasons that they're all there but, you know, it's an enjoyable outing. That's the best part. Yeah, so that was a top attendance uh, by a mile in the National League yesterday. I think Not the, surprised. the last one was 4,600. So, yeah, very good with that. So the second half kicked off with no subs for the O's. Uh, but just one minute into the second half, Charlie Lee went down for some treatment. But it was okay to carry on the match. Yeah, 52 minutes on the clock. Then a great cross into the box from Josh Caroma, which was agonisingly just ahead of Macaulay Bond, who just couldn't get there. But then two minutes later, Wes Fonguk is at it again, trying his luck. It's a routine save from Dean Brill. Yeah, 61st minute in, a double sub uh, for the O's. As James Allaby came on for Josh Caroma and Dal Gorman came on for Charlie Lee. So for me, it was probably the right subs. Lee didn't look right. They probably wanted to give him five, ten minutes after his injury if he could carry on. Yeah. They brought him off. That was the correct choice. And Josh Barnett were very physical in defence. They had 26 when he, who he was up against, which was this big bulk of a dude. Typical John Steele defender. Absolutely, but, it, but it worked for them. So obviously Justin saw that, bought Josh off, got Alibi on, and we all know what Alibi... Don't really change Alibi. Well, his main strength is his strength. <laughs> <laughs> well done very good well done very good so the subs start to have an impact on the game for James Alabi's physicality Dal yeah. Gorman's fresh pair of legs in the 68th minute we retook the lead as Craig Clay passed to James Dayton who gets into the box on the right and despite a flurry of Barnett defenders in front of him he curls a beauty into the top corner to make it 2-1 and leave most of us in the ground Going crazy. So how's the concrete on the balcony? It's <laughs> fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm wearing a path. I'm yeah, wearing I'm a sure path. You are. Yeah. The, fortunately for me, my view is perfect of that goal. I watch it start outside the post and it's going to bend and I know it's going to bend because I've, 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 I've seen it seen before yeah. and, and it bends and it bends and it bends and it's like, it's in, it's in. Before it even hit the back of the net, I'd already turned to go find uh, Martin Ling for a hug. So it was, <laughs> it was fantastic, yeah. And you could see how it just went right between defenders and right around, you know, it just, it was perfect. It was a great yeah, strike. He just it a great strike. He just, oh, the, off the ground and, I mean, how high it was and everything. It was just, oh, it was pure. He, he put it in the perfect place. And obviously, where we yeah. sit in the south stand, we had a like you, perfect yeah, view yeah. of the goal. We saw the ball come out and then whoop, <laughs> back, back in. in. Oh, it's great! Brilliant, brilliant feeling. Everyone really again the south stand just erupted. Great atmosphere. Oh, it goes insane. Yeah, great insane. atmosphere. There's yeah. insanity everywhere, really including good. including where Martin Ling's at. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I bet. And then after that, that we seem to really go for it. After oh, that, yeah. we seem to kind of sniff blood like yeah. a boxer. You know. But going for the kill. He's going out. Yeah, yeah so yeah. 71st minute data looked for another goal. But this time shoots wide as we were looking like a third to kill the game with off the atmosphere. Right shot with his right foot. Right yeah, right. good right. spot. Remember that? Look yeah, shot with his right foot. Yeah. 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 And did the goalie get a palm to it or not? I thought he got what, a, the goal a little bit of a palm to it. No, oh, the goalie. Um, that right that foot. Shot. I don't think he did, but... <coughs> I don't think so. I don't I could, think he did. I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that part of it. Anyway, okay. Yeah, left uh, foot, right foot. Here we go. At this point, we know that Alibi was having a real impact in the game. <laughs> I mean, he, he was showing immense skill points and looking very unpredictable and Barnett just couldn't cope with him. I mean, 
the fan base behind the goal couldn't cope with him. No one knew what was happening. You didn't know what. Did he, James Alabi know what James was? What James no, Alabi was no, doing? No, no, you could see his body was was leading his brain. And normally it should be your brain lead your body. Like yeah. no one knew what was going to happen next with Alabi. Very unpredictable. Right? Which is perfect for, for us, but for the opposition, it, how do you deal with that? Fantastic. Because you've got to be careful because you could bring the guy down in the penalty area. You've just killed killed the game. He he done for a big man. He showed some immense touches and pieces of skill yesterday. Um, mm. But then also frustratingly, there's like a two-yard pass and just go straight past him <laughs> at the same time. And you're sitting there going, James, you've just beaten four men. There's a two-yard pass on and you've hit it for eight yards, right? <laughs> but, you know, that's James Larvey, I guess, for you. But 78th minute, jab <laughs> yeah, Finally, 3-1. As Joby McEnough done exceptionally well. Again, another assist for McEnough. It got into the box left-hand side. Gave their man complete, beat their defender easily. Pulled the ball back for Bond who hit the post but the ball comes straight back out to Bond smacks it in 3-1 at that point again you know the yeah. game's done yeah. again talking about fitness as well we really looked like we were much fitter going into that last 15-20 yeah. minutes and happy for Bond to score but for me take about Joey McEnough made that goal and again Bond you know the main kind of person who benefits from that game over South Stand rocking Ken I presume going absolutely mental <laughs> on the yes. balcony so yes. fantastic to see and yeah. at that point you knew it was done and and then the LA started coming out. There was a fantastic two, three minute passage of play where we were passing the ball around and the crowd were Ole, Ole, Ole. Even to the point where Brill took a goal kick, Bond won it and we almost scored. Could you imagine if that yeah. had gone in? I mean, with the Dream yeah. Team coverage, that goal would have gone yeah. worldwide had that happened. Right. But 85th minute, Dayton does well to get back into the box. He passes to Alo- Alabi, who holds off his man. So again, a superb strength from Alabi. And again, done the hard part for the most part, got into a great position, but the ball just got deflected. And went wide. I think that would have been the icing on the cake, really. Yeah. Alabi gets his goal. Yeah, it sounds like he deserved it. Agonising. He does all wide. the hard work, and then the simple bit at the end, he just hasn't got enough puff Hon- in him. Honestly, to... when you see how he gets into the position, he gets it. If he's got four minutes, mate, how are you doing this? And <laughs> the keeper comes out. Just, oh, just so then, in the 89th minute, Matt Harrell came on uh, for Macaulay Bond. That's unusual because Macaulay's never been. I think he's been substituted once, maybe twice I think it was at most. Case to get McCauley, I mean, the reception McCauley got correct. standing O, correct, standing O, all right. and gets some minutes for Matt as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, and don't forget, Harold's averaging what a goal every seven and a half minutes at the right. moment at the break group stadium. So, but right. McCauley, like, literally, I would say, ninety-eight percent of the South Stand were on their feet applauding Bond again when he came off. So, sure. it was fantastic. Ninetieth yeah. minute again, Alibi almost gets that goal this time. <laughs> This time he got thrown on goal. Again, he beat, he made one of the defenders look ridiculous, like with a piece of skill. Like, literally like, touched it past and their defender goes flying out the way. And you're like, this is it, this is the, this is the goal. Oh, absolutely. But somehow, I don't know, I need to see it back again. The ball somehow didn't go in. Cousins ends up saving the ball when it's behind. Right. It's crazy, but again, right. it's insane skill from James Allaby, who was obviously very confident from the yeah. goal last week. And, yeah. uh, had that gone in, I think the roof would have lifted. Oh, yeah. Lifted off the stadium. Well, it was already lifted, but... Yeah, <laughs> it would just would have gone up. I may have sent it to would, the moon. Do you would, think, would, it, would have done a spinal tap yeah, on 9 to 11. Was, yeah. Do you think he's trying too hard? That's my no, question. Like, is no, he so desperate to no, score a goal that no. he's just doing a bit too much no. and doing making it harder for himself rather than doing the simple I, stuff? No, I, I just think he knew he had the beating of their defence and was just knew how to beat him and he was playing to his strength. Right. I think on another day he probably scores two or three um, which hopefully it, is coming soon I think it's very difficult to score when you're getting triple teamed in the box mm. so when you see when you see it there's four of them that are all trying to stop him because they're all starting to start to gravitate toward him so he's got two center backs and the left back on him 
in this particular case, mm. plus the goalie. So he's got to beat four people in order to get the goal. Yeah. And he beats three of the four, and the ball's rolling behind the goalie, and the goalie turns around and grabs the ball before it rolls over the line. It's that, it's that kind of thing. Right. I don't think it's because he's trying too hard. I don't, okay. That's not my perception of it. It was a bit it like... Was, it, was, it, was so, it was like fun. It was just like blowing it, it like in for him. It was just fun. <laughs> yeah, you're watching, you're watching it kind of laughing. Because you know we're up 3-1. Yeah. We're up 3-1, yeah. so it's, it's just fun. Yeah. yeah, it was a bit like... The point was like a bit like Jonah Lomu, where you get free on him, and he's just going past them like they're not even there. <laughs> you're like, what are you doing? Like, how are you doing it? <laughs> right. But he's doing it. But, yeah. you know, again... It gives Justin a great headache going into next week. I don't think he'll he'll change it, but he might bring it on Alibi early, earlier. Yeah, he might have done that last week. But okay, really good stuff. Four minutes of injury time are added, and at the full time whistle, as the full time whistle goes, the O's win three one to make it eleven unbeaten as rocking all over the world erupts yeah. around Brisbane. I have to say, we're going to be playing that at the end of this podcast, and we've never played it so much. It's like a long lost friend. It is. We've never had to play it so you much. Mean it's six great. and eleven. You mean? Six times in 11 games. Yeah. But with the midweeks as well, that's probably yeah. more like eight weeks out. Game after game after, literally game after game okay. after game, we're playing yeah. Rocket on. It's fantastic. It's great. It'd be, it'd be nice to get used to it, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would. Yeah. Okay. It'd be nice to know all the words as well. Um, <laughs> so Ross Embleton um, spoke to the press uh, after the match and he said, Barnett had been on a very good run and are a big club in this league and I'm sure everyone expects them to be up around the top part of the table come the end of the season. The run they've been on is a credit to them, but I think we started well and we were fairly comfortable in possession. We knew at half-time we needed to take it up a notch and I thought we went from strength to strength. I probably agree with that. At half-time, take it up a notch. There are good players missing out on the squad at the moment, but their motivation has been right. And Dal Gorman and James Allaby deserve huge credit for coming on and turning the game and giving us the last notch we needed. So that meant the league table means we are now third in the National League. Played 11, won six, drawn five. So now one more than we've drawn, which is fantastic. There's a big zero against the L column, which we still are loving. Uh, 23 points and a goal difference of plus 11. So my views... Sorry, the goal difference will be a huge thing come the end of the season. Could be. Could be the difference of a point. Uh, That's how I look at the goal difference, is a point difference. Mm. Because if you're joint top with someone and you've got a better goal difference than them, then that's what will take us automatically. So it's good to see that in double digits. Very good. So my views, yeah, another fantastic performance and atmosphere at the stadium, you know, as we extended our unbeaten run. But we came out of the blocks fast. Really, really good start. Good to see us get the early goal. Like I said, I think if Bond scores and makes it 2 0, which is a bit of a different game. Uh, but the second half, what a performance. I had people texting me after going, that was again the best. I had it after Solihorn in the second half, and I had it again this time, so that's twice in two mm-hmm. weeks, saying that was the best football we've seen yeah. in, in my WhatsApp group. I've years. got loads of people saying that as well. So mm-hmm. brilliant. You know, every player playing for the show, and how many times have we sat here and moaned about players not playing for the show? Every player on it, inspired substitutions, loud noise, and everyone united sees us get the win. Uh, Dayton's second goal, cracking. Bond deserved this goal. Again, Bond has just run his little tickets off the whole the whole entire he does. 90 minutes. Alibi, like I hope I've done Alibi justice. It's hard to do him justice without Very seeing it. I, you know, but he was fantastic. Barnett couldn't handle him. Great noise in the south stand. And well done on the catering. So Danny, you're coming on the show soon, but well done on the catering. All in all, great day. I thought the retro day was amazing to see so many different kits and colours and sponsors and history throughout the ground and great to see uh, so many shirts. And it was good to meet uh, John uh, at Debden Station. So if you've ever seen me at Debden Station, going up to the game, please come and say hello because I, I won't buy it. I'm quite friendly. Cool. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, so despite not being there, uh, following it uh, as I was remotely, I mean, absolutely fantastic result against a team that have come off the back of five straight wins Mm. is is genuinely impressive. Some might have not started as strongly as us and and, and in fear of the fact that, oh my God, we're going to take a Tonkin off uh, off this team. But uh, possibly the best yet, really. Um, Really convincing scoreline against the team, as I say, have just won their last five games. When you get the substitutions right, they really can have a huge impact on the game. And Justin seems to have got them spot on yesterday. Alibi just needs another goal to his name. And I think the floodgates will open for him. And I think people saw a lot of what he offers. And so I hope those that are negative towards him can now give him a bit of a break. And I think when that goal does come... I, th- I genuinely think they like Bond last season when they it started it just will be like a waterfall of goals. So that's good. That's a good point. I think three four weeks ago he was probably public enemy uh, number one. What we signed him for? What a load no, of just, rubbish! Just, no, just following all that nonsense. Following him sending off and obviously he had a decent mm. a, a hard start. Mm. Obviously got dropped. Karami comes in, he gets sent off. You know that's that's quite mm. hard to come back from mentally. Yeah. But he's done it. Scores yeah. scores last. But that's week. the group that are there now. to bring him back yeah. and make sure that he stays sharp because he will get a chance. Good to see goals coming from around the team with Josh and Craig chip, uh, chipping in as well. It means our over reliance on McCauley from last season isn't there this season, and it relieves the pressure on him a little bit. Uh, we're on an incredible run, truly incredible, uh, and long may it continue. It's so amazing being an Orient fan at the moment. It sure, I've is. got people. We were at Wanstead Fair. There was a fair in Wanstead today. And people coming up to me that like, knew us and talking about Orient, oh yeah, you've won your last 11 games or you're unbeaten in your last yeah, 11 games. It's, it's a real talking point. It's a mm. real talking point. It's, mm. it's, oh, I must come down and see it. I must come and see it. Yeah, come and see it. Ken, any views from yesterday? Anything you want to share? Uh, it takes 22 to win like that. Not just 11, not just 14. Not just... It's about the group. It's, a head, yeah, it's, it's, the it's point. all of them. Yeah. So even though they may not be in the side or they may not be, you know, being picked for the team or, or however that all works, how, whatever the decisions are that Justin is making, I guarantee you that every person on that team is critical to our success. When we play 11 v 11 and the way Justin makes them and has them mm-hmm. play 11 v 11, that's the difference. They are playing like they are training and Justin can push them to train at that level because he's got 22 players that are really quality. And that, that just helps a lot. The other thing is, is that um, yesterday for me was one of those days that I have that I dream about maybe even for a year or more. And it is so fantastic to see the smiles and the laughter and the joy on the faces of the fans. And we really wanted to be able to produce days like this last year but it's so great to be producing days like this this year. It's absolutely yeah, great. Lovely. Well yeah. said. Well yeah. said. Nice to said. So your views in. So our Twitter uh, has gone insane this season, even more so than the last couple of seasons. Um, so a huge amount of feedback. Thank you for all the views. We're going to read quite a few, but not near as many as what we would like because obviously we're quite time restricted. But just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. I'll let you read this one out because this is yeah. from one of your in-laws, I believe. Yeah, my <laughs> wife's uncle, who's actually a Barnet fan. Um, he said the O's came good in the second half when the bulldozer he's put that in speech marks the bulldozer James Alabi came on he seriously seriously bullied the Barnett defence and in all fairness it should have been 5-1 or even 6-1 he got into three fantastic goal scoring situations but tried being too clever and they went begging it was pretty even in the first half but his substitutions made the difference Barnett's goal was a good goal uh, too probably the pick of the four 
but they didn't. They just didn't cope with the big man when he came on. Also, for some reason, we kept pumping high balls to a forward who was kind of dwarfed by Marvin Ekpeteta, which was kind of pointless. I got to say, Marvin probably won't get the plaudits for this game because obviously I've gone to Bonds and Macanuffs and Alabi. But again, Ekpeteta, because again, I think Matt said it last week. This time last year, he's playing in the South for East Farrock United. So again, we, we mentioned Steve Foster consistently, but what a find by Steve Foster and Marvin. You know, Elikobi. That's going to be hard. When he's fit, to I don't know get if he's going to get back team. in. He's going to find it very, very I don't tough. think George won't just be able to turn up to train and go right. I'm fit now. I'm going to play on Saturday, aren't I, Gaffer? No, George. No, it's, it's, it's Coulson's and Ekpetetta's places to lose now. As Correct. opposed to George's to come back in. So it gives again Justin a great headache. So and Marvin's been scoring as well. He scored two in the last well. three or four games as yeah. well. So good headache. Amazing headache. Good headache. So start the tweets in that Essex biz is the perfect day for my birthday. Only 41, so this is obviously John Macca. A great O's win against the North London mob. And my Aki came in at time for a party. So we've already mentioned you, John, but happy birthday. Next week came in from one of the co-hosts of the podcast, at one Adam Conway, who says the best half of football seen at the club in two years. Simple as that. Best snooker JP. says, when we ever, were we ever going to lose a game? Great result, but I couldn't be there as I'm going to a wedding later on. Nearly 6,000 Brisbane Road is a marvellous turnout. But bring on Harrogate next week. I will be there. So we look forward to you sending us your photo because you always send us a good photo of your away days. At El Coado, this is an absolutely brilliant result. Can't believe we haven't lost any of the opening 11 games and we still aren't top. I mean, that must be... Someone tweeted, I said, that's the Orient way, isn't it? When I'm beating in your 11, but still not top. Uh, Wadzi says, Paul's having a massive IT. I'm having an IT. Here. <laughs> In case you wondering why I'm just reading tweets. I've got uh, it, I'm back. I'm at, here. At Wadzi says, again, some superb performances. Judd, McEnough and Marvin, to name a few. <laughs> Inspired subs when it went a little flat in the second half. Alabi is a different player to the one earlier this season and was so unlucky not to score. And Gorman added the extra bite we needed. Great yeah. stuff. Very good. Matty, LOFC Evans said, to dominate a team who have won five in a row shows how far we've come. Realistically, the Harrogate game will be the big test, as will the Wrexham game later this year. Think there are only the two teams who can go toe-to-toe with us this year. We can dream unbeaten. Yeah, Vince Howell with 73. says, brilliant football. And that's for James Larby. Take a bow, son. You changed the game. And frankly, we're fun to watch. Which you were. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. RP Bernstein tweeted in saying, talk about impact subs. What a difference Alabi and Gorman made. On retro day, Alabi was like a modern day Jonathan Tahue. Very good. Oh, I don't know Very about that. Good. Does he like McDonald's? Um, fantastic performance as a result. At James DD11. <laughs> completely dominating performance today. Well deserved win. I think Barnett scored with their only shot on target. Dal Gorman was quality when he came on, helped create all his second half chances, and Alabi deserved a hat trick. He did everything right except put the ball into the net. So a lot of plaudits for Alabi. Yep, O's fan base said blew them away second half. They were decent also. Subs worked well. Alabi shook them up and McEnough. Just class. Uh, MJJ Scanlon says a great second half. Alabi caused no other problems for the Barnet defence when he came on, and the only thing missing was a goal from him. Yeah, in response to that, Ian Trot1881 said, he replied saying, Jabbo all over. He said, horrible for defenders, but just can't bloody score. And Les OK52 says, one thing you have to say about Justin is that he got his substitutions spot on all season. Difference Alabi made when called on was a huge factor in winning the game at present, which is good as Corona is, but he just doesn't have but a good to see Justin as well getting applauded. It's easy to kind of overlook what Justin's doing. But yeah, and Ross and Danny. Made the changes early and they pay benefits in the end. Yep, CT Fitzpatrick said, flew in from Detroit for today's match. So glad I did. Alabi and Gorman turned a snoozer of a game into a rout. Could have been four or five if Alabi's central nervous system hadn't malfunctioned each time he entered the six-yard box. 
very <laughs> good. My favourite tweet probably of all time. <laughs> Brilliant. Very good. Very tweet. good. And safe very, journey back yeah. to Detroit, Mr. Fitzpatrick. Mr. Fitzpatrick. It's CM Orientals is a well-deserved <laughs> win with special mention from my man in the match, Judd. Alabi made a huge difference when he came on and Justin made subs at the right time. Overall solid and could have been five or six onwards and upwards. Yeah, David Reichard, 80, tweeted in saying, Alabi and Gorman came on and really hurt Barnett. Alabi deserved a goal but should be happy with the effect he yeah. had on the game. Wes Fonguk looked great for them. You have to say that name carefully. Um, <laughs> for them in the first half hour. Then Clay dominated the midfield. I thought he was superb there. Again, Clay, a bit of an unsung hero in this. Yeah, absolutely. Webo underscore 1980 says a great team performance. Clay, Big Marv and Joby were superb. A great finish by Dayton, but the subs changed the game. Alabi completely disrupted their back four. So on to the next one. Kevlar P18 said, I thought for 65 minutes we were carrying Charlie Lee today. When the subs came on, it made us a different side. Alabi missing a chance is just a lack of game time. He'll come good. Just nice to see that the boys keep playing football even when on the back foot. Yeah, Ian Mane and Rene John replied to this by saying, I disagree with that. I think there was a lack of rhythm from both sides after the equaliser during which Lee was the only man in midfield demanding the ball and trying to push us on. Although I have seen him play a lot better, it's harsh to suggest he was a passenger. Yeah, Leighton, at Leighton Orient, who's uh, very clever there, obviously hasn't got the FC on the end, so it uh, looks a bit tricky, but his name is Mark Waters. He said, may as well put a man of the match, Joby McEnough, on a tape loop. And as usual, he put in a classy performance, but it was Alabi with his physical presence and ball winning that unlocked a stubborn defence and won us the point. Still occasionally clumsy, but he's now looking the part. I mean, Joby just goes from strength to strength this season, just defying his age. He looks like the fittest man on the pitch. It's like at 90, he could go another 90. Like, no problems. Just just immense. Ed Jones, 1976. Says, I don't think anyone can cope with us when we get the ball down and play. Edinburgh's subs were spot on and won us the game. And if Alabi could finish, he'd be one hell of a player. Judd, my man in a match, come on you O's. Yeah, Orient Electric said, first half was evenly balanced. Second half was most enjoyable. I've heard for years, uh, most enjoyable I've had for years at home. At times we tore them apart. If Alabi had a bit more composure, he could have had three. McEnough was excellent. Uh, Orient Dave says, Fort Barnett looked a decent outfit and perhaps our opener was slightly against the run of play. However, they faded and we grew, particularly so after the subs. Rate him or not. Alibi had a real impact and Joby is classy as ever. Uh, Digger H773046 said, Today we saw why Justin wanted to bring in Alabi. He might not be the best technically, but what he brings in physicality and pace is what we need up front to disrupt the opposition's big defenders in this league. He bullied the Barnet back four this afternoon. Yeah, Dave M1812 says, Really impressed with Justin's substitutions again. Understand exactly what we need. I can't think of one sub this season that hasn't made a difference. So another tweet about Justin subs. Yeah, only one team. We had a great start, but had but played too deep in the first 45 after they scored. Second 45 was a joy to watch. We had great movement and just needed to be a bit more composed in front of goal, and it could have ended up five or six. Love the Olays as we bagged another home win, which you mentioned. I must admit, I did enjoy that. I've not heard that in a long time at Brisbane Road, so it's very nice to be on the, the correct end of the LA. Yeah. Kid Sampson O says, Desperately pleased not to be a Jonah today. Thought it was an excellent all-round performance with particular props to Big Marv. Pleased with the new signing in midfield. Craig something... <laughs> Craig... Fine, I just got that. That took a while. That took a while. It takes a while to get this one because it's got a lot to it. (laughs) (laughs) Could have done with a player like him last season. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very clever. Very clever. Harlow Orient said another (laughs) solid team performance. I can't remember wanting a player to score as much as I did 
at James Alabi today. He was superb. Can't wait for Harrogate. Uh, in Rule Land 2010. So it's good to see you in the South Saint yesterday, Michael. So some of the one-touch football today was excellent. We moved the ball around brilliantly. Alabi really made a difference onwards and upwards. Yeah, Rayleigh Dave said, fantastic last 30 minutes, but worried before that. Uh, the one improvement we must make is to stop Coulson getting isolated out wide against the winger. He doesn't have the pace and we need him in the middle. Well done, Alabi. Who knew he was so skillful? And Gorman, game changer. Good point about Coulson. I didn't notice that, but that was how Salford got their goal and Coulson ends up at the being dragged out. Yeah, really good point yeah. there, Dave. At Orient Fan TV, it says an even first half, second half, we were superb. So many good performances today and what a goal by Dayton. Justin got his sub spot on yet again, but I feel Alabi's trying too hard to impress and this may be affecting him in front of goal, but his goals will come great atmosphere as well and again so for the atmosphere yesterday was absolutely rocking mm -hmm. Kevin Cowlin said great result and performance the team were magnificent every one of them but special shout out for Joby who I thought was absolutely immense his quality shone throughout as he rolled back the years this team is going places fantastic to see you outside the stadium yesterday Kev who gave his best to you and the family thank you Kev all the best to you and the final word is from at Sharon Brooker Free who says a great way to spend the Saturday afternoon catching up with friends a fantastic atmosphere some great football a wonderful win and 11 games unbeaten. So those are all tweets that came into Orient Outlook uh, on Twitter yesterday. So let us know if you agree or disagree uh, by emailing us at orientoutlook.com or tweeting us at Orient Outlook. Yeah, prediction league update. So there's quite a few here. At Colin Jeffrey, CM Oriental, well done to you guys. You predicted 3-1, so you get the three points. But extra well done to Nino Barone, 27. M. Rob Rist, O's fan basing, Rob MCC, 68. Gorillas, 1985. Uh, Pills the Doman, uh, Evilist Mick, at Ernie P, 69-69, at Paul Staines, who all predicted 3-1, plus one scorer. So you guys get four points. Blimey. Uh, extra, extra well done to Sam underscore Billing 786, only one Orient, Les underscore Bristow and Alan BR 40292092 and PDR 1112. You all predicted 3-1 and you predicted two scorers, so you get five points. But super kudos goes to guy, East. Someone called it. 1975, who predicted 3-1 and all three Scorers, you get six points. Oh he, my god, he predicted Colson. He predicted 3 1 and he predicted Colson, <laughs> Aiton, and Bond. So he if got he'd have predicted points. the times, we'd have just given him the league title now. <laughs> yeah, I'd hand it over. Yeah. And I'd want the makes that much easier. I'd hand it over. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that means the top of the table is as follows. So Pills the Doman leads on 16 points. I think this guy has got like five predictions out of 11 correctly. <laughs> uh, 11 points in second, joint second place. Rob MCC 68, Rob Nathan 77, and Tony Antonio with a few of you on 10 points. So the full table is on our Facebook page. And as always, thanks for all of your predictions. Yep, so um, as we move on then, uh, it's today, Sunday the 16th yeah. of September, JB McEnough was named the non-league papers team of the day following his performance against Barnet. So well done, Joby. I think I've literally just seen the tweet come up. I think Joby's also been announced in the National League's official team of the weekend. So for some reason, National League always announced it at 10 as we're closing the podcast. So well done, Let me, let me go and have Joby. a look at that while you cover that. <laughs> on a double. So the ladies' team are also uh, in action today. They were away to Denham United and drew one all thanks to a late equaliser from Rebecca Hurst. Well done, ladies. Mm -hmm. So you were there today? No, I didn't. I oh, you didn't go? Uh -huh. Not a bad result, so yeah. it's good to no, score. No, a good result, yeah. A late, a late equaliser yeah, and late the ladies yeah. are Excellent. doing well. We will try and get to a ladies match um, sooner rather yeah. than later. So let's round this up. Then we'll do uh, our fantasy updates and ask you a few questions quite sure. well. The time's dragging a little bit. So fantasy football update. Sam Massingham leads the Orient Outlook Fantasy Football League on 348 points. 
but this could all change as today's points are still being tallied uh, by the website. As it stands, I'm in 60th place and Paul's in 73rd place, so I continue to beat Paul uh, on Fantasy Football League. Not for long, my friend. Which is easy. I'm on the march up. If I'd have made Hazard my captain today, I'd have got another 20 point, another 13 points out of it. Yeah, but you didn't. And I, and so I didn't, so it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dream team update. Don't get dream team. Why they get minus points? I don't get dream team. I need to look at the score. No, it's good. Weird. It's harder. So Michael Head leads the Orient Outlook Dream Team League on 276 points. So Michael will be on the podcast soon. Obviously, he runs the great game. So we'll have Michael on talking about the play. If you've not booked your tickets, go on the line and book them. It is fantastic. We're going to go at some point in the second run. Uh, he's two points ahead of Julian Lillington in second place. I'm in third, so that's not too bad. Fantastic. Paul was in 45th place. Always brings a smile to my face. Mm. So we'll I'll see. be catching you. How I'll be you? catching you. I've made substitutions. Yes, I've just seen James Dayton's goal as well. Oh, take cool. a take a bow. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great goal. So I let's can't go find on. that tweet though. Okay, to positives and negatives of the week. So I'll do the positives. So first of all, the unbeaten run continues. So it's now 11 with a zero in the L column. Third in the National League. So very happy with that, I guess. Had we all been offered third with 11 games gone, we'd have been the hand off, and it's good not to be number one, like we've said before on the pod. And thirdly, goals coming from a whole mix of players, so three different goal scorers yesterday. So it means that Bond doesn't have to be that man who we are relying on. So negatives, exactly. Yesterday. Yeah, only the one really. Um, Charlie Lee, injury question mark, really. Not sure if he's. Yep. If he's injured or not, um, he's not okay. Good, fine, fine. So, so no, no, no negatives. negatives. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on then. Yeah, not applicable. Um, not applicable. Quite, quite conscious of the time as well. Hero of the week then this week. So we decided to take hero of the week vote to Twitter, and we nominated the following four players: Craig Clay, James Dayton, Joby McEnough, and Joe Widdison. And we got two hundred and seventy-six results. And there was a few calls for James Alabi, so I think he would have been a close fourth or fifth just for the impact that he had on the game but Joe Widdison uh, came uh, last in 30 with 13% Craig Clay had 20% James Dayton had 32% but just by 3% Joby McEnough yeah. so well done uh, to Joby and thank you to everybody for your votes yep so well done to Mr McEnough again getting applauded from everyone it yeah. seems at the moment so Ken, we're going to ask you a few questions. We're quite aware it's late, so we'll do our yeah, best no to kind of get them no done. Problem. So the first questions we will go through are the ones from Facebook. So Don Valentine messaged us and said, there's a website called Tickets for Troops, which many clubs our size allow serving personnel. Two tickets a season to a certain team. Uh, Orion currently do not offer this. As we have three large barracks nearby, would we consider this something that the club would consider bringing in? As this would help to bring in a few extra fans and after they'd had a taste of your experience, could come back. Of course, wouldn't be willing to consider it. We just need to get that information to Danny. Fine, yeah, and Josh. Good answer. Thank you for your question, there, Dom. Yeah, um, and be safe uh, on deployment, uh, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come back and see us. No questions from David Hart. Really, just a request to to Kent Nigel and the other decision makers at the club. Whatever it is you're all doing behind the scenes, please carry on doing it, mm-hmm. as the enjoyment and good feeling at the O's is infectious and brilliant to experience. Come on, you O's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roger Robbins says you regularly visit South Stand Bar uh, before home games and speak to fans, which is much appreciated. Have there been any suggestions made from the South Stand lot? Uh, that you would like to implement or develop at the club? Um, yeah, the, I mean, there's there's constantly a stream of suggestions when I walk through not only the South Stand Bar, but, you know, Supporters Club and everywhere. And normally what happens is, is when there's a suggestion, I take a note and then I will uh, send it to the appropriate person that can handle that suggestion, whoever or whatever it might be. And a lot of times it's just a question of just like those tickets why are we not doing this? Sometimes it's just it's just rebuilding the club. We just you know it's part of it. We just haven't gotten to yet. This is part of it. 
Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you for that. Cheers mm-hmm. for your question there, uh, Roger. Yeah, uh, Lee Deering asks, can we have a Kent camera on him when on the balcony at home games? I'm not sure if that's a security thing or a safe thing. It's just to watch no. you, just to yeah. jump around and... So Dream Team did that one game and uh, they, they followed me the entire day. Uh, they shot seven and a half hours of film. So there is, there is that, that footage is ah. out there. Um, that was at the Dover game. So um, let me say this about that. It's not about Kent. It's about the club and it's about the team and it's about the players, especially on game day. So while I think it may be kind of funny for you guys to see all the madness that I engage in uh, and the number of Cokes that I happen to drink during a game, but um, I, you know, if we do it, we do it, but that's not something I'm looking for. Fine, cool. Yeah. cool. Vince Howard, so we were discussing this before we start recording. Please can we sort out the speakers uh, in the south stand? It's far too loud at the moment and too tinny to make for an enjoyable experience pre-match and during half-time. Again, Danny will have that looked at and it was too soft, too loud, too something, didn't work, all of that. It's just uh, we just have to constantly make adjustments. We'll make the adjustments. James Four asked, is there any way possible of having a smoking area at the ground? At times it's hard watching us not being able to have a cigarette at halftime. I don't know the answer to that. I'd have to ask Craig, um, who's our safety and security officer. So I would just have to ask Craig as to what the rules are on that. I really, you're completely out of my depth. I don't know the answer. Cool. At Bruce Norman says, would you support a safe standing area in the ground? You obviously like yeah, standing when you feet and get really involved into it. Yeah. Uh, and we could, if there was one, it could only impact the atmosphere in a positive way. Sure. We've talked about safe standing a lot and the it's a return on investment perspective. The number of people in safe standing is the exact same number of people that are sitting. So we don't get more fans in an area just because we go to safe standing. Uh, it is possible that if we were to get the entire east stand rebuilt, that we might put safe standing on the east on the, on the east side. To do it on the south side would be in the south stand would be very difficult to do, and I don't think it makes sense to do that in the north stand where it's the family stand. Mm-hmm. So, it you know, and I don't think it makes sense in the west stand either. So it just it where could come it? back. It could come back, mm-hmm. and, and it's something that we'll constantly look at when we're given the opportunity. Richard Wilkie asked us, saying, speaking as a long-distance fan, are there any plans to improve the live broadcast stability on Ozone, and would the board consider expanding the service to include the ladies and the under-18 matches, please? Um, I don't know about the ladies, and I don't know that you can broadcast, again, this is safety and security, and I'm not sure that we can actually physically broadcast uh, an academy game. So there's, there's some rules about uh, child safety that come into that. I'm sure, again, now we have to go to Craig and ask because I'm out of my depth. Um, as far as the ozone, um, the ozone broadcast and all that, I mean, we are uh, just replicating from what I hear uh, what Dave Victor does on BBC Radio. So I think there have been some technical issues earlier in the year where uh, maybe Dave didn't have the proper equipment that he needed initially we've got him that equipment or he's gotten that equipment and so I think it's okay but if there are specific issues I know that when I'm listening to Dave Dave will people will tweet in and say Dave this isn't mm. working or that's not yeah, working yeah. And, yeah. and we monitor that we monitor that feedback right then so mm-hmm. those are all questions on Facebook so thank you to everyone who sent us a question via Facebook so via email Stephen Smith was in contact 
and says, what are your plans as far as the stadium is concerned, and particularly mm-hmm. ownership of the ground? Uh, I have no interest in owning the ground. Um, it's not something that we would do. Uh, ownership for us doesn't make, doesn't, would not make uh, financial sense. I mean, it's just, it's just a fact. I understand that uh, fans would prefer to have an asset back club versus a non-asset back club. I think there are ways to do that, but they don't necessarily involve the ground. Those are things that we are looking at and how we would do it. Um, you know, it kind of goes stand by stand. The West Stand, I don't think we would change much. There's the concession area, and we're trying to figure out how to, how to fix it. I call it concessions, the food and beverage area. South Stand, South Stand Bar, South Stand seating, you know, all that. Roof, make it louder, make it louder on the West Side, make it, you know, that. North Stand, uh, more kid-friendly. Think about how we're going to do that. East Stand. Uh, 1940, 1950, somewhere in here it was built, uh, needs a lot of work. We're trying to figure out what we can do with that stand, what we can't do with that stand. Uh, maybe can we change the configuration, make it into office? Can we make it into something? We just keep looking at it. Here's the thing. It doesn't make sense for the club to unnecessarily create financial risk by engaging in activities that don't add enough value or don't add enough benefit. There's just no reason to do it. We're not going to do things just to do them. We're going to do them because they make sense. Not just financially, but they've got to make sense in a number of different areas. Mm. It was great to see the England Sea game announced last week. Under Barry Hearn, there was occasionally talk of boxing or darts coming to the ground. Is there any potential for other sporting or entertainment events being held? Yes, we're in conversations uh, with the borough, and we're in conversations. Obviously, we've got Matt Porter on the board, and he helps out a lot. Danny has a lot of uh, people that he knows, and Josh Stevens came from the O2. So... Uh, we have a lot. We have a lot of different opportunities and a lot of different things that we're looking at. Most of those types of entertainment opportunities take over a year to secure, and so we're going through the process of that what I would call the sales cycle, which is a year yeah. sales cycle. So we're going through that cycle, and some of those things are going to start getting announced. This just happens to be the first one. We'll do more of this kind of stuff. Open air venue versus closed air venue. That's one question. And then we also have to be uh, very cognizant of the fact that we live inside a residential area. What we we call residential area, which is, you know, we have flats completely surrounding us. Hmm? Roger Pillsbury also emailed us that Gary Lineker promised to present Match of the Day in underpants if Leicester City won the league. Will Kent and Nigel recorded video fans in their underpants if Orient win the league this year. That's from Roger. Who's an Orient fan of 45 no, years? No, I won't do that. Pod- <laughs> Podcast in your pants? No. Oh, but at your house, maybe. <laughs> Not in mine. <laughs> so, those were all emails. So, thank you yeah. to everyone who emailed OrientOutlook.com. Yeah. So, yeah. we had, uh, we had uh, put it on the forums as well, with some you may or may not have seen. Do we have uh, Zanzibar Buck Buck McFate said, Do we have additional budget to spend on player salaries following David Mooney's departure? Yes. We always have additional. We, the way that we budget is that we budget for signings through the end of August, then we have injury budget, and then we have, um, we have a different little line item for uh, January transfer window, 
And then we also have sort of like end of seat, kind of like an end of season little line item that goes through like March. There's some cutoff date that we can't go anymore into, mm. we can't go past. What we do is that we, you know, we give a budget to um, Martin and he manages that budget from an overall perspective and then in sort of line item ways if he wants to do that. Levi got signed and the reason Levi got signed is because of the David Mooney situation. So we needed another player. Mm. We so haven't we even spoken about Levi. Can't get in school at the moment. So, no. you know, it must be tough for him. So yeah. Yeah, he's, he's one of those 22 though. He's one of those yeah, twenty-two. Of yeah. So Absolutely. he's put, even though he's not in the squad, he's pushing the Absolutely. Absolutely. Up the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Disoriented says we're not being promoted this year. Be considered a failure. I'm sorry. Said if we don't get promoted this no. season. No, that's not a failure. Failure is um, failure would be that we finish below mid-table. That's where failure starts to come in. Um, you know, there's sort of like okayness, and okayness is sort of like somewhere between like uh, 14 and seven. And then seven and above is kind of expectation. And then overachievement would be one, mm. number one. Okay. Again, this is a, we have three years until we believe that we should have or could get promoted when we started this project or process. So we're, I'm going to try to moderate the exuberance of we clearly are good enough to be automatically promoted if we just go get one more player. Um, so we have to moderate that. Now we're moderating everybody off the mountain, whereas last year we were trying to get them to go up, up the mountain with us. Yeah. Right. Give it to Jabbo said, I think a statement was made that the owners wanted to widen the brand. Has there been any success? Well, there's... This? There's a, there's a lot of options on widen the brand. So there, obviously we've had um, camps in the U.S. in the Boston area where Nigel uh, lives. And so we've broadened the brand. We've done some things where we did some broadcasts and, and got a stream done. And I think that helped. Um, you know, Nigel does a great job of broadening the brand every time he goes out and makes a speech about his new book and the things that he's doing. Uh, sometimes, you know, we may have a vice chairman that sends in funny pictures from Japan or he has a Fox shirt on or whatever. And, you know, there are lots of different ways where you try to make the brand appealing and make it to where it's not about brand really so much. What we're trying to do is we're trying to make people proud to wear the brand. And we want it to be where when you go somewhere, people walk up to you and say, Leighton Orient, whatever they say. And you say, oh yeah, that's right about us. And they come at you with a variation of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. Everything from Dunkin' Donuts to... Uh, you know, vice chairman that won't sit down during a game to Matt Porter to a lobby to Justin to Joby McEnough to all the players, not all of it, right? And that so it's that we want to make people feel very proud to wear the brand and to talk about the brand. That's what we most want. Brand awareness to me is actually worthless. The only reason that brand awareness has any value is if someone acts on behalf of the brand. Either they buy a shirt or they go to a match or they or they do something on behalf of the brand. That's when brand awareness matters. If somebody just knows about the brand but it doesn't cause them to act, brand awareness is actually worthless in my mind. 
Well, cool. High speed one. So in terms of the overall plan for the club, what are the outstanding successes so far and what has been a failure or needs more work to keep things on track? Um, I guess there are certain things that we cannot control. Um, we, we would prefer that the luck of Orient is more consistently in our favor than not, and that seems to be very difficult for us to change. Um, I, I don't think that we have gotten to where we want to get to until we've been you know, promoted, but we're on the path. I don't think there have been any immense failures that we've uh, subjected ourselves to or have, ha have happened to us. I do think that there are things that we could have done maybe a little bit better. Um, you know, Steve Davis and some things in that area. Um, you know, there's some players that we thought we were going to sign this summer that we didn't get. Um, you know, it's little things, but there's no, like, overarching, terrible thing that we've done or that we haven't been successful at. Are we successful? No, we're not successful. We want to be a better club every day. And so we'll keep pushing to be a better club. Everybody will know when we're successful because we'll be in League Two. That's, that's when then they will be successful. Uh, again. And then League One. Back to back. I, I, You're putting words in Back to back. Back to back. That's what you just See, said. again. That is not. No. I heard that. Yeah, I heard, I heard you say that. That's not what I said. Again, that's another four years to go from League Two to League One. Not back to back. But again, we will be successful. We will over time. And sometimes it's hard for people to watch the process of success play out the way it normally plays out. And that's what's going on right now. It's playing out and it's starting to be a lot of fun to watch the process play out. Brilliant. Final question, uh, and thank you to everybody who's asked. We had so many, uh, we just don't have the time to ask them all. But um, so, uh, question for Ken from LesLK52 on Twitter who said, for years under Barry Hearn we had a reputation as a selling club. Is that true under yours and Nigel's reign? So, no. for example, if a championship came in for, say, someone like Marvin, how would you react? As an example, he used Marvin. So, it could be A and other player. Right. So, yeah. we, so we consider ourselves a buying club, not a selling club. And the reason we say it that way is, is that we are looking for opportunities uh, in the marketplace for players who may want to come and play for us for whatever reason they want to. And if they are going to drastically improve the squad, then we're very interested in having those conversations. If we were to look at the possibility of a player departing and going somewhere else, uh, whether it's over the summer or during um, you know, a transfer window, we not only consider the value of the compensation that we're receiving, but we also consider the cost, the replacement cost. So we think about replacement cost. So what does it cost us to replace Josh or Macaulay or Marvin or Brophy or... It's funny how now we've got name after name after name. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that great? Mm, yeah. And so again, you know, we're looking at these players... Uh, and if I didn't mention your name, please don't be upset with me. <laughs> I'm, under, I'm, I'm, under, I'm under a time constraint. And, and so you have to understand that we look at it from the perspective of the following. If they come to us, 
with a where there's no way we can refuse and the player cannot refuse the offer, then we will probably move the player. But that's because we're being given an offer that's 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 you just can't refuse it. It's a mafia we call it a mafia offer in the United States. A you can't sorry? a mafia. A the mafia. mafia. <laughs> yeah. Mafia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So, so, so that, so when we get that type of offer and again, the player plays a role in this. Some players will come to us and say, I really want to go to that club. My childhood dream is to play for that club. We're going to help that young man fulfill his dreams of playing for that club if it makes sense for us to do that transaction. So there are numerous factors involved in us saying this player is available or this player could be available. Simple as that. And, yeah. that's, and, that's and I guess also the living example of that, I guess, is the numerous, apparently numerous offers that we had from Macaulay over the summer that we... So we, now I guess that's probably an example. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, example. I don't know how I don't know how one defines numerous, so I don't know exactly how one. to think of that. But, you know, we had more than one, mm-hmm. and and it it just those offers did not make sense to us, and they didn't make sense to Macaulay. So yeah. you know, Macaulay wanted to stay. It's funny how when someone, it's another thing I think is really important about pride in the badge and pride in wearing the badge. It's not just the fans we want to be proud about wearing the badge and representing the badge and displaying the badge and talking about it. We want the players to be extremely, we want them to be extremely proud that they played at Orient and that they, they, that they, that they were here and that they enjoyed their time here. And we really want that same thing for Justin and Ross and Danny and Keats and the staff and you know Steve and Martin Ling and I don't think Martin Ling will ever leave, but that's a different problem. Um, you, you, but that, but that's that's what we want. We want players to want to play here so bad they think this is the best place they could play for now. And then once they are extremely successful, and that's what we want them to be is extremely successful once they are extremely successful and they get an offer they can't refuse and we get an offer we can't refuse then when that's that's the bet that's the best way yeah and until then we're a buying club not a selling club. like it i like it <laughs> so thank, that answers your question yes. Les. <laughs> thanks again for your open no and no honest problem. answers absolutely, and absolutely. Thank you to everyone who sent us a question whether it was via twitter the forums or via email fantastic um so thank you for getting in touch yep so we're running longer than a normal football match here even with additional time so let's crack on and round Fair. this up then next week's fixtures just the one coming up for us as uh we travel to harrogate town the top of the table clash really is third meets first on Saturday, 22nd of September, Harrogate have had a superb and surprising yeah, start in my eyes to the season. They're first in the National League after winning 2-0 away at Maidstone uh, on Saturday. If you go and have a safe journey, sing up for the boys and send us a tweet if you're on your way there. We'd love to see that. Yeah, we mentioned it at the top of the pod, but Nigel's book comes out in just two days' time on Tuesday, the 18th of September. So you can pre-order it via Amazon.co.uk or if you go into Waterstones on Tuesday morning. 
say, you know, where's my Nigel Travis book? Yeah, I expect to be there. millions piled out in, the, in front, the front of the store at Waterstones. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, for a quite extended <laughs> episode 152. It's been another fantastic week at Orient as the club bought in new caterers, which has gone down well with many of the fans. Held its first retro match day, which was a great success. And on the pitch, the boys did the business on Saturday with a 3-1 win against Barnet to make it 11 unbeaten for the season to give the fans a real hope that this really could be our season. Yes, yeah, so we'll be back uh, next week with episode 153 with all the information and views that you could ever need. And if you listen on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. We get more than 34 listens a week, but only 34 podcast reviews on iTunes. So some of you aren't reviewing, so please come on and crack on. If you listen on SoundCloud, tune in Stitcher, add us to your favourites. And that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. If you have a relative or loved one who you think will like the podcast, grab their, vote, grab their phone and download it for them. We are still hearing of far too many people not knowing what a podcast is. And it's a great way to engage with your local Orient community and Orient fan base. Yeah, we've still got a few mugs uh, available. So those that haven't quite got theirs yet, the cold weather is coming. If nothing else, <laughs> it makes a good hand warm up with hot water in it. So uh, get in touch with us. There are two, still two mugs uh, for 12 quid or if you just want the one it is 7 plus 3 quid postage or we can give it to you free at an Orient home game so Ken thank you for coming on absolutely thank always, you for sparing always us always a, pleasure. Next always a pleasure I'll be back the middle of October I think October the 13th is the next match cool yeah. final yeah. message for Orient fans uh, put you on the spot here a bit no 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 not at all final message for you guys congratulations on going over 150 thank you. yeah thank congratulations. you congratulations thank you Congra- yeah Giddy absolutely heights. so yeah. uh you know, and and really what you guys have done has been fantastic. And it just shows that persistence really does win. And that's what our team has to do. They have to be persistent in getting better every week and every day. And that's really what we want most for them. That's it. Thank you very much. Up the O's. Up the O's. Oh, 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 forgot, forgot, forgot. forgot. <laughs> I love Stand Up Orient. Stand up for the Orient, the yeah, song. Stand up for the Orient, the song. The song. Yeah, when we were doing it and everybody was standing up, all oh, that was, and I was, I was like this too. It was, it was. Sorry, you can't. I know you can't see us, but we all have our hands over our, <laughs> yeah. over our heads. But it was so, it was so, being sung from all four corners. It's very loud, isn't it? It was. Oh, it was fantastic, especially with the older grounds where you still got lower yeah, roofing, yeah. the sound reverberates round. When you get the, the bigger percentage of the ground doing it as well, I think at times you do, doing a south stone back, that doesn't necessarily cover right. to the north or the west. But like, yesterday there were it, points when you looked around <laughs> and the hairs on the back of your neck. Yeah. especially after the third goal. Like one after the third goal, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. So again, really thanks good. for the fans. Thanks for everybody coming out, and thanks for being an Orient supporter. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. What an ending from Kent. So have a great week. We look forward to hearing from you. Keep calm and keep listening to the Orient Outlook podcast. And for the sixth time this season, we're going to roll roll out with Rocking All Over the World. Have a good week. Have it. Up the O's. (laughs)